Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune coming up here momentarily. We'll get Andy's thoughts on, of course, the Jazz and the NBA, but also maybe some thoughts on the coronavirus as he's uh, kind of been specially assigned to coronavirus coverage with the Salt Lake Tribune. And in fact, I loved the, the the connection and the reason they assigned Andy. He's a he's kind of a numbers guy. He, yeah. He's uh, looked into analytics and, and studied those sorts of things. And a lot of that is very applicable to the COVID-19 situation. I think Andy's done a very nice job of, of uh, telling the story of some of the research out there. Yeah, no doubt about that, in a way that people can understand it and uh, done a terrific job in that regard. So I'm looking forward to talking with Andy. Hey, I have breaking news. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. And if you're a 49ers fan, you tell me if this is good news or bad news. The 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, their coach, have agreed to a new contract through 2025. Wow. Well, he knows what he's doing. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. I do think he's responsible for the biggest Super Bowl collapse in history, however. <laughs> I knew you would. I knew you were going to bring that up. It was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen. And then somehow he gets a job like the next day. All he had to do was run it once, and they would have won. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, crazy. All right, let's get out to the uh, Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Covers the jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. He's Andy Larson with us here on The Big Show. Andy, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Hey, we're doing great, and we have a ton of stuff to get to you, uh, to with you, excuse me. Let's start with the basketball. Uh, a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Uh, players, including Donovan Mitchell, jumped on a phone call on Friday to express some concerns about coming back in the bubble. Give us your read on that situation and Donovan's uh, injury concerns specifically. Yeah, look, so, you know, I, I think it was kind of reported that, you know, 80 players were on that call and listening and participating. And I think that, that's a good thing. I think that was kind of misinterpreted as 80 people are against uh, the, the NBA's return to play. And, I, you know, I, I just don't think that we're there kind of talking to the players and, and people I know around the league. Like, you know, there just aren't that many people who don't want to play. I think everyone's kind of excited to return to basketball. And, and you know, while they have some problems with this vision um, and maybe, you know, maybe some of the, the bubble policies with how restrictive it is for some and not for others, and they want to see changes made. You know, I, I think everyone kind of feels like these are changes that can be made, and 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 that includes kind of the the social justice issues as well, where they think they can make maybe more of a statement, being on TV, being in front of fans, and that kind of thing. I think they're going to find a way to work that out. Uh, with with Donovan's thing, it's it's a little weird, right? Like he he's worried about potentially getting injured and then not getting the the max value of his contract. And, you know, I, I understand that. That's that's his bag of money, so to speak. But the truth is that playing basketball is, is a little bit dangerous, right? Like, if, if we go by that rationale, we should we should never play basketball and we should only uh, accept max contracts down the road. And, and, and the truth is that Donovan Mitchell is important enough to the Utah Jazz that, you know, he could, it, it, you know, heaven forbid he tears his ACL the Jazz is still going to give him that max contract because he's that good, because he is the the face of the franchise moving forward, right? So he will get that four-year or five-year max deal. So it's one of those things where I, I didn't really understand Donovan's concern, and in particular, 
I, I wasn't a big fan of how Donovan then called out the reports about what he said in that meeting. And, you know, if, if he was going to say stop it on social media, just explain your point of view, Donovan. You know, you, you have the outlet on Twitter or Instagram, whatever you want to do it. You can issue your own press release and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking on the issue and this is why we should do this, kind of rather than criticizing the work of others. I agree with you, Andy. I think that most of the players want uh, something to be worked out, uh, despite these concerns of which you were speaking. Maybe there are exceptions. Like, I'm not sure where Kyrie Irving is coming from with, with his complaints. I mean, I, 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 I say, yeah, good, you have your opinion, you have your thoughts, then express them. Everybody should. But what do you think of where he was coming from? Yeah, you know, like, I see where he's coming from with regards to, you know, I think it is a unique time in, in American history. And, and I think for us to kind of go back to basketball as if everything is normal and, and things are okay in this country is, is not the message we should be sending. But to me, NBA players have that powerful voice because of their ability to reach millions of fans at once. And, and in particular, because of in, in the context of the game of basketball. And so I think, while it feels weird to kind of go back to work and say things are normal, I think that actually gives them the the biggest platform on which to to kind of spread their message and to share their worries about these issues rather than, you know, doing kind of what you or I or everyone else would do, which is go to a protest and and walk down the streets. You know, I think that's that's obviously powerful and important. But, you know, I think NBA players can use their voice and and make their voices heard in in a positive way in, in the context of basketball. Exactly. Andy Larson is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to talk to you a little bit about Rudy, Andy. And, and Gordon and I have talked about this subject, the timeline on the decision the Jazz have to make uh, coming up, I guess, next summer or this summer, however you want to look at it, on whether or not to give Rudy a super max extension. And the big question the Jazz need to decide is Rudy's value. So I guess my question, especially to you, who's kind of a numbers dude, is there an analytical argument that you could make that Rudy Gobert is a super max player in the NBA? I mean, you can say, you can make the analytical argument, right, that he's a top 10 player and that, uh, you know, you can make the argument that the Jazz would be pretty bad without him or, you know, at least mediocre. Um, and, and so, you know, by, by that kind of calculation alone, in that you're saying, okay, if, even if you didn't spend this money on Rudy Gobert, what are you going to spend the money on? The truth is that, you know, Utah. Not a huge draw for free agents. You're, you're probably not getting the, the tier superstars in the free agent market. Um, and, and so you basically, you know, if, if you lose Rudy Gobert to some extent, you either have to start over or figure out how you're going to add that immense value with the $35 million you would save in the old cap system. Now, the truth is, like, we, we don't know where the cap number is going to be given all the stoppages in play, given the lack of revenue that we're, we're going to have as, as a result of this. And so what we kind of imagined as this huge supermax penalty may actually be decreased a little bit or actually by a big amount. You know, I don't know if that's 20, 30, 40, 50%. And all of a sudden, Rudy's supermax looks a little bit reasonable. So I think it's really one of those things where we do have to get the numbers and figure out, okay, what actually is that dollar amount of that contract? Because, you know, I think 35% of the cap is – probably more expensive than you want to pay Rudy Gobert in a vacuum. But in terms of if it's a X dollar amount of this year's smaller cap, then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of have a way to gap, you know, to kind of close that gap and say, hey, 
uh, Rudy, we're giving you every dime we can right now. Um, and, you know, we, we don't know if you're worth $35 million a year, but you may be worth $25 million a year, and, and that kind of keeps both sides happy. Andy, I wanted to ask you about the Jazz's chances without Boyan Bogdanovich, but before I do that, let me get back to what you were talking about, this whole idea of restarting the season. Nobody, nobody that I know, uh, maybe with the exception of Dr. Angela Dunn, knows more about what's going on with the coronavirus than you do. You have spent an awful lot of time looking at the data, analyzing it, trying to draw conclusions from it, and presenting that to readers and uh, around the state and elsewhere. Do you think uh, this whole thing with the NBA can be pulled off in Florida safely? Is it uh, worth the risk? How do you feel about it? Look, it's certainly not perfect. And there are certainly things that uh, will expose these guys to the virus at some point, you know, whether that's a Disney worker, whether that's to each other during a game. You know, it's it's not perfect. Um, but I, I thought when Zach Lowe asked Dr. Anthony Fauci about this over the weekend, and, you know, Fauci had pretty positive remarks to say about, hey, this is, this is the kind of planning we should be doing in our businesses to prevent the spread. You know, that they, that they are trying to keep pe- players away from the, the rest of the staff, that they are going to be tested on a regular basis, uh, that they are going to be taking, you know, kind of these health precautions that maybe, quite frankly, a lot of businesses in America and a lot of stores for both their employees and the public are not taking. And, and so this, it, you know, it, it, someone is going to get the virus and it's going to spread somewhat. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to take some quarantining precautions even within the bubble. You know, I, I actually don't doubt that at all. But I do think that, like, in some sense, this might be the safest possible alternative for these players. You know, like, the, the difference between George Niang going to Orlando and playing basketball and, and being in the bubble versus him staying here in Salt Lake and, uh, you know, maybe hanging out with friends or, or seeing people at his apartment complex, whatever it is, you know, in some sense, Salt Lake City might be more dangerous than this bubble, right? So I, I think they're taking relatively good steps to – uh, protect the players. I, th- I think it's not perfect. I don't think anything can be perfect in this situation. And overall, you know, I, I honestly think it's probably worth the effort. Andy, I want to ask a, a question about you, actually, as you've made kind of this pivot to cover the coronavirus for the Salt Lake Tribune. And I, I uh, applaud you on your efforts. I think your your work has been extremely useful uh, from just a, a citizen who's kind of trying to make his way in this strange world. But tell us what has been that been like for you personally and what have you learned about yourself and epidemiology, I guess. Give us a couple of lessons. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Gordon will know this story, too. I mean, kind of at one point in March. They came to, uh, you know, our, the Tribune staff came to us and said, look, how are we going to use the sports department to cover, to help out the, the Salt Lake Tribune and, and inform our readers with, without any sports going on? And so for, for Gordon, you know, he wrote that terrific profile of, of Dr. Angela Dunn. You know, I, I think his, your Gordon's background is, is in reporting on the, you know, and doing profiles, talking about people and um, what they do best. And, you know, I thought that was a really well-done profile Gordon wrote. For me, my background uh, outside of basketball is, is math and data analytics and, and looking at science. And, and so it, for, it was kind of the natural fit to say, hey, Andy, let's, let's have you help out with this. So 
um, you know, kind of digging into the numbers and, and trying to figure out what exactly is going on there. And so that was kind of the, the process behind the scenes. And it's, it's been kind of returned to what I studied and what I, what I enjoy doing from a non-basketball point of view. Obviously, I love the NBA. I love the Jazz. I love what I do. But it, it has been uh, really kind of interesting to learn about something that is completely different than what I normally do. So, um, you know, I, I don't know kind of what's in store going forward, whether that's basketball or data stuff or kind of a hybrid of both. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, I've been super in, in happy and, and super surprised at the, the, the positive feedback on this thing. You know, like I never expected to get like retweeted by Jay Tapper at CNN or, uh, the, the Mad Money CNBC guy, Jim Cramer, like none of I never expected that kind of attention. It was just like, hey, this is something I'm I'm kind of digging into and, and wanted to learn more about. And I kind of share that process with my readers. So, Andy, all that uh, being said, since you've studied the numbers and you've studied this this whole thing from from over the past three months, what are your let me ask your opinion. What do you, what what's your best guess about what what happens next next and what it's going to look like? Yeah, you know, look, like no one really has any idea here, so I'll, I'll start there. Um, you know, right now our our contagion rate, our effective contagion rate is is about 1.08, which means every person who gets the, the disease gives it to 1.08 people on average. So that means as long as that is true, we're going to continue to see growth in cases. That means growth in hospitalizations and yes, growth in, in, in deaths. And so that's that's going to continue kind of for the foreseeable future, whether that's July, August, September, moving forward, right? The, the, the scary thing is what happened in 1918, right, with the, the Spanish flu and where there was a, a small peak when the disease kind of first spread in, in the spring, a, a lull during the summer, and then a big peak during the fall. And we don't know if that's going to happen with coronavirus. It might, it might not. You know, I think we're going to be taking more precautions than they did in 1918 because we're simply better scientists, but we, we really don't know what's going to happen, right? When, when everyone's kind of forced indoors again and, and is in smaller crowds and quite frankly, maybe gets a little bit, um, there, there's even kind of more return to business, more lackadaisical kind of social distancing measures taken, that kind of stuff. I really hope that it goes well, and, and, and I also am very optimistic about the, the treatments we're working on, the vaccine. Uh, human trials are going really, really, really well. Um, you know, I, I'm very optimistic about treating this disease and having, it, having some sort of vaccine by the end of this year. But in terms of kind of what happens over the next five to six months, I, you know, I think in terms of Utah and the U.S., we, we probably do see significant growth, probably slow at first, and then maybe, maybe not having a, a big peak uh, in, in as we hit the fall and winter months. Andy, thank you so very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. And please keep up the good work with, with both your jobs at the moment. You do a great job. <laughs> Andy, Andy, let me second that. Uh, just terrific work. Terrific work, my friend. Hey, thanks. I, I really appreciate you guys uh, for to, you know for you guys to say that. It's, it means a lot. So thanks. Thank you, Andy. We appreciate you. That's Andy Larson from the Salt Lake Tribune uh, with us here on the Big Show on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty The Zone. Uh, and yeah, I, I know you mean that as well, Gordon. Uh, wholeheartedly mean that. From uh, Andy got a tough assignment. That's that's difficult, and he's really made it his own. 
And when I said the word helpful to him, I think his his work on this coronavirus situation has been very helpful to process some of the information that's out there and and kind of translate it into a, a way that, you know, dense folks like myself can understand. Yeah, I, I think what you said at the end there is really important because it's one thing for Andy to classify himself as a numbers guy, and that's where his background is, his training. Uh, I guess we could call him a nerd, maybe in the best sense of the word. No? Yes? Uh, I'm going to let you choose that word, Gordon. Go ahead. I'm that's kidding, fun. Andy. Come on. But <laughs> for what he does is he understands the numbers and then can put it together in a package that makes sense to folks from all walks of life. And that's really the, the, the great thing about it, the wonderful communication that takes place with people who are very interested in this and who need to know. We all need to know so that we can act accordingly. You know, I, 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 I think, uh, and now I'm editorializing here a little bit, but as far as I'm concerned, everybody that goes out should wear a mask. And I know there are people who rebel against that for whatever reason. To me, when I see someone wearing a mask, I think that's a person who cares about the community. That's what they're trying to do, protect the spread. And so, but you wouldn't know that if you don't know what the, what the information is that you need to know in order to draw that conclusion. And that's what Andy has done so effectively. So, uh, Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I thought his piece the other day on the three C's. And now that I say that, I'm, I'm trying to remember. But uh, it's like avoid closed spaces, close, closed spaces, close contact. And I'm trying to remember the other one. Uh, but anyways, little stuff like that, like it was basically the um, the strategy that Japan has taken in combating the coronavirus. And yeah. he took some yeah. of the helpful elements from that and uh, and got the word out about it. And that's I think that's that stuff he's he's pulling. That's very useful. Well, he's done stuff like uh, where where are the most common places or where are these places where the spread happens and and presented it in a way that people that resonates with folks. So nothing but respect for Andy, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, that's uh, that's really really helpful to everybody who's concerned, and that should be all of us. By the way, the three C's, uh, three C's: crowded areas, closed spaces, and close contact. Well, okay. So those are the three C's to avoid while combating the coronavirus. So, yeah, okay. and he explained how uh, Japan put those into action and how we can do something similar to to help us uh, combat this thing so yeah andy so that's great work that's one that's one of those situations where if if we we get this beast slayed you know and then andy can go back to telling us how often the jazz should uh go into a motion offense you know statistically speaking at the offensive end <laughs> it's like you go from helping save people's lives to uh back to what you love uh, analyzing the jazz. So. Tell us what's yes. important, Andy. How's the pick and roll numbers looking? <laughs> yeah, there, there are so many interesting questions that we could ask him about that. What if the At ball's on the left elbow us? and there's eight minutes left in the fourth and <laughs> Donovan's four of 18 and it's raining? Well, I don't know whether the precipitation would have much to you do You wouldn't think so, but Gordon, that matters. But it does. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go town! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips, so aptly named by Gordon Monson, uh, co-host of The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You ready, uh, Gordon? Should we we, we didn't have a chance to get to this when we were talking about it in the 3 o'clock hour, so why not get to it now? Why not, right? Let's, uh, let's play All a right. clip here from Hanson Scotty, who started talking about whales. How do you feel about whales? I hate them. They're the worst. No, like, I don't know. I've never had an opinion on whales. I'm just... You don't have an opinion on them? No, I mean, they're 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 whales. Like, they're there. I don't know what to say about them. Like, what do you want? Like, I love whales. Okay, great. Good for you. What, do you got to take on whales? Do you... <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> got to have something. You know, I would have... If I had a... Uh, if I had a massive water park, I'd have one as a pet. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you want me to say here. You know they're smart. <laughs> sure. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty smart creatures. Wait, now Scotty's going to say, well, why do they keep getting caught in nets? Yeah, or get, or get beached. Beached. How smart are they really? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to get... that. That shoreline's not that close. Oh, no. Stuck again. This is not popular opinion right now. I can just see a mama whale talking to a baby whale about a reverse riptide. Don't get caught in that, honey. (laughs) (laughs) The whale's like, what? Why does the mama sound like Bob? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm embarrassed to say this. (laughs) Those riptides can get really rough. Um, a humpback well off the New Jersey coast breached. Oh, it's smart, huh? So as it breached, it came up out of the water and landed on a front end of a boat. And it flipped the boat and sent the dudes just flying. And it and it sank the boat. The guy's okay? Yeah, the guys are okay. Says that it uh, threw the men overboard, caused the vessel to become beached. Witnesses said the well was breaching off the Seaside Park when it collided with the boat. I think the I think the well did it on purpose. I always wonder. Have you ever seen? Have you seen a well breach? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I have not seen it alive. It's a, that's one of my things of why I want to go to Alaska and well, check it, it out. It's absolutely breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. Have you seen? You've seen? Not live. No. 
It's it's incredible. But go ahead. Here's oh. a here's a free Willie joke. Go ahead. So, <laughs> yeah, I've seen Free Willie. <laughs> That's not a well. Actually, I've never seen Free Willie. Yeah, you have. No, that's a killer well. Uh, yes, that is a killer well. Yes, we should have taken or, out the- or better known as an orca. Yes, correct. Look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> wow, that was a very productive conversation. Gordon, you do that. And to they me. say You're there's going... nothing to talk about without live sports. Gordon does that to me all the time. I can actually sympathize. I where it's just like, uh, what do you think about whales? <laughs> You know that some whales, uh, some species of whales, uh, the females are larger than the males? Uh, isn't that happened quite a bit in the animal kingdom? Are you, are you surprised by that? No, I just I think that was just an interesting fact. I'm not assigning any value to it one way or the other. And the, uh, the another thing I know about whales, just because I know a lot of stuff. Are you into sexism? Is that... Uh, the, did you know that the, their closest living uh, relatives on land are hippopotamuses? Hippopotami? It's hippopotamuses. I think it's hippopotami. No, it's hippopotamuses. You want to put a, a incriminating audio on it? No, but I mean, you're wrong about Porsche, so what would I'm be... I'm right about Porsche, and I'm right about this. But I like whales. Do you know all, that you can buy poop? This this is my my thing with this story. The boat is in whale territory. I mean, that's why there's you know that that's uh, it was open sea, and that whale can breach if it wants to, and if the, it's up to the boat to get out of the way. You know, and I'm not saying that would have been possible in that case, but this is where the whales live. Do you know you can debark dogs? You know, the guys on the boat, they don't live there. They are visiting. So it's the whale's domain. Okay. I like whales. Sure. I think whales are cool. Have you seen whales breach? Have you seen them jump out of the water like that? I have. It is really cool. It is cool. I agree. Very Have cool. you seen it? I have. I just said it. Where'd I you see it? Uh, I saw it actually as recently as this January when I went to Mexico, and oh. uh, actually when, when we went deep sea fishing in Hawaii a few years ago, we got to Were see they some of that. Were jumping all around you? Yeah, we got to see some of that up close. Pretty cool. I, most humans I know love whales. You know what a tooth uh, is going for nowadays? <laughs> I, I imagine you might not like them if you were, you know, if they ruined your boat. Or if you know you were the the the, uh, the uh, you know Moby Dick, and you were chasing it around all out there, and uh, didn't that story add sadly in sadly for what kind of uh, motor uh, on that boat do you need to chase Moby Dick, <laughs> Gordon? A big one. <laughs> Any better? <laughs> I mean, we know where you're going with this. No. Gotta make sure it doesn't fall it's, off the well, boat. But see, see, Gordon loves whales, but he hates sharks. I think sharks just have a PR problem. Okay. What, yeah. Is there more to that? Are, no, they just everybody loves folks. whales because they've got a better PR team. Sharks need to hire Gloria Allred or yeah, Bob Shapiro. Right they, here, yeah. whales are flipping boats and eating seals, but yet everybody loves whales. Sharks see, are just here, out there trying to survive, and now everybody, including Gordon, thinks sharks are SOBs. No, they've just got a bad of, PR team, man. No, it's because of my personal experience with sharks. I, I've sharks had are SOBs. I've had, I've had bad experiences with sharks. I've never had a bad experience with a whale. I mean, the whales are just cool doing their thing. 
and sharks, you know, I that one time I had to hit it right on the nose to get it off me, you know. So I, I was frightened by that. Now, I was in its territories. So I've never heard that I've story. never heard that either. What were you doing out there? I've never told there? you that what, story. No. Because there's I, no way that it's true. That's what right. were you out there doing? Chumming? It is true. I was out on a raft in in Florida on the on the, uh, on the uh, Gulf side. <laughs> Me and, uh, and a couple of friends of mine were out on a raft. And we're out there. And, and my another buddy of mine was paddling out. And he said, hey, he's trying to get our attention. He's waving, you know. And we're sitting there going, what do you want? What, 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 what? There's a shark out there near your raft. And I turn around, and there's the shark right there. So I had to push, I had to bop it on the nose, because that's what they tell you to do with my uh, paddle. I hit it right on the nose, and it swam away. I've never told you that story. And then they made the movie Waterworld about me. It wouldn't have been possible to tell that story because you just created that story <laughs> two minutes ago. What kind of shark was it? How old I wasn't were you, sure. Gordon? And you're just this was, vacationing this with was... your buddies in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> so this was before you were married. <laughs> yes, this was on my. This was on a trip me and my buddies took uh, after we graduated from high school. Absolutely, one hundred percent true. The shark on the nose. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you wonder why t- we doubt the the. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, right. It's all true. Not only that, but I also had experience at time when I caught, I hooked into like a a fifteen foot hammerhead. Now that was no fun. The thing was almost as big as the boat I was floating in. Those hammerheads, man, they are mean, mean suckers. Okay, Hemingway, let's settle down. <laughs> Settle down with your he was angry that day. shark experiences. Right. All right, whales, stay tuned. Whales are, whales are just out there swimming around, having a good time. And all the sharks, they, they, uh, they have bad intentions. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Our friend Bruce on Twitter tweets in. He says, I'm calling that shark story BS, Gordon Monson. And then Chad tweets in, says, I live vicariously through Gordon's early life, quote, memories, unquote. But sometimes the memory gets blurred as we all grow older. I, I am promising you. I am promising you that those stories are true. I know they sound kind of far-fetched, but that's what's Not so kind remarkable. Of. They are. <laughs> they are absolutely true. I, I have told like two or three fibs. The one about Bill Puxley and, and the one about the, uh, the flying V formation. But uh, almost, uh, I, can't, I can't think of another one that wasn't true that I've, that I've told you. <laughs> They're all not true. They all are true, Jake. You know me well enough to know that I'm not a fibber. I'm not a liar. You you're not, liar? but you're a, you're a, how do I put this? Uh, an entertainer. No. Yes. Yeah. No. Great yeah, word. Is, yeah. You know what's really funny about this is I really believe that you don't believe me. Good. But it is but it's absolutely 100% true. Gordon, With the exception of those three 
So maybe uh, when you hit a home run left-handed. Yeah. That was all true. Grand I slam walk-off. When you dragged all the bags of mulch out to the yard and didn't not help your wife? Now that was proven not correct. Well, I told that story. The version I told was true. It's just that I didn't do my fair share. So you can make fun of me for that, but you can't make fun you of me. You said you did life. yard work that weekend. I, I, I did. No. You you I, you you watched people do yard work. No. No, no. And then no, you no. once they had the the mulch placed, then you threw a rake over it a couple times. See, see this is what worries me about Austin is that his his version of his historical look back is skewed because sometimes he hears what he wants to hear. I was out there for I was out there for probably two hours raking those gardens. Mm, not with the audience. You know, Gordon. I, I think Gordon was the type of guy in college where, when you had a group paper, you know, group project, and everything was all said and done. At the very end, Gordon goes, "Hey, I'll write the conclusion," and then next thing you know, it's like, "Hey, I did this paper. <laughs> Look at what I did." You know, I really believe that you guys don't believe me, and and that's that hurts, but I can handle it. Okay. I th- I, I, I think it, it. I think the. I think there's truth in it. I just no, think it's misremembered true. or misrepresented. No, it's or not. I'm telling you, guys. you hit a shark no. with an oar. <laughs> yes, I and did. saved everyone's life. False. I didn't save everyone's. You're not life, Jason I... Momoa. <laughs> You're not Scuba Steve. All all this stuff I've told you is true. I uh, promise you. Real quick, uh, Gordon, just to get some sports in here real quick. Uh, Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball commissioner, was talking oh, to ESPN. Boy. He yeah. said he's, quote, not confident, unquote, there will be a 2020 baseball season. Quote, unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain that's going to happen, unquote. But last weekend, last he weekend, said he was 100%. Yes. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the worst. He, no, Gordon, is he going to go down as the worst commissioner in sports? Oh, boy, that's saying something. Already, I, too. I, I don't know. There's fault on both sides on this one. Did you read that statement from Major League Baseball about what the, 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 they were saying, that the players were not negotiating in good faith, that they had that, – that when they made that original agreement in March, it was always pending what would come – the information that would come forth as time transpired. And so I, I do think that that was true, but I, I also see fault on the side of the owners as well. This is ridiculous. What a, what this a, is just stupid. What about how he didn't handle the Astros scandal? Yeah, he was terrible with that. Still, still terrible. Has that information come out yet about his the letter he sent the Yankees under the suspicion of uh, sign stealing? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't, maybe it hasn't been made public. I know yet, Alex Cora spoke last week and said, "I'll take the fall, but it wasn't just me, and it wasn't it was just everybody. Just yeah. Inch. It was yeah. Everyone. This the Yankees one happened. I think in like uh, it was might have been the year before, but uh, he uh, I don't know when it was exactly, but he had, had handled it privately with the Yankees, and now a judge has said that that needs to be made public. So we'll see how that goes. Well, the thing that bugs me about the, that that whole thing with the Astros, Gordon, is that Manfred basically took the easiest solution, like the easiest way out, where he, he he knew if he punished the players, he'd go head-to-head with the players' union and there would be some you know some battle there, right? So instead he said, oh, I'll just bypass that battle, punish the people I can easily punish, and give everybody else a pass. That yeah. seems... Mm, that doesn't seem right to me. 
Are you guys with me on the, on assigning blame on this particular labor dispute? It seems like it's easy to point in either direction and see blame. Well, yes, I'm with you there. Yeah, they, well, Manfred said there was the term bad faith. Well, as we, we walked through last week, every ownership proposal has been the exact same yep. proposal. Mm-hmm. Which is it some has of the been, details was, moved around. But it was based on the fact that there there were adjustments that would need to be made, and the players are glomming on to the agreement as uh, as it was strictly made in March, but the owners are saying that that was always a fluid agreement. Then why was it why if it was a fluid agreement, why did it have to be notarized and signed and, and duly sworn if it was just well, a fluid agreement? But, but they didn't know they didn't know how long this was going to go on at that point, hmm. right? So I mean, look, I'm not I'm not trying to yeah. support one side or the other. I, if these guys really wanted to get this thing done, they would. And the fact that they're refusing to, to me, is uh, objectionable on a will, lot of levels. Will we have a baseball season in 2021? Yeah, maybe not. I'm starting to wonder. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now is our good friend Ryan from TryDayTrading.com. And uh, look into it, Ryan. We want to tell our listeners or get the word out that they can make a little extra money. They could uh, take advantage of a great program, fit it right into their lives, and really benefit from it. Yeah, that's the good news is you can really do it around any schedule. You know, there's no requirement. If you have, you know, and I would say you want to have at least five to eight hours per week if you want to 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 make this really work for you but to begin with you don't need any type of big commitment you don't need any type of big knowledge all you have to do is uh, come learn how it all works we're going to do a a live video call tomorrow night and then if you still want to try it out once you see a little bit more of how it works we're going to do that for 30 days for ten dollars i mean you just get to use our software you get to have some one-on-one help from some of the guys here Really get those questions answered to see if this is something you can use to supplement your current income, potentially replace your current income. Whatever you're trying to do, this will give you a great idea of how to do it. So what's the best way to get started, Ryan? You go to TryDayTrading.com and uh, basically uh, claim your spot for this call tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow night we're going to be doing it at 6 o'clock. Hans and Alem are going to be on there sharing a little bit about their experience. And then if you can't make it tomorrow night, there is another option for Wednesday at noon. And other than that, we do these uh, quite frequently, but having Hans and uh, Alem on there tomorrow is going to be uh, a little extra fun. And, hey, if you get good at it and uh, continue to do it, you get to the point where they're actually trading your money. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, that means that we, we care that you know what you're doing. That means that when you make money, we both make money. So, you know, come, come join us on a call. You'll understand how that all works and, and why we can actually do that. TryDayTrading.com. That's TryDayTrading.com. Get on that call with Hanson Alema coming up tomorrow. And, Ryan, we've had a blast hanging out with you today. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. There you go. That's our friend Ryan Van Dorn from TryDayTrading.com. Get on that call. Find out if it works for you. You can fit it into most lifestyles. You heard Ryan talk about right there as much or as little as you want and find out how it can work for you. Coming up next, we have more Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, another Monday has come and gone. Yeah, we had a terrific show today, a lot of fun. We have a whale of a good time today. We had... mm. It was fun. You did invent a new story about sharks today. We did kind of talk about <laughs> whales. 
Not true at all. It's all true. I, you know, it's so frustrating when you're trying to tell a true story and your friends don't believe you. Nobody believes you, Gordon. It's not just your friends. True. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> I, I believe you've been to Florida. I believe that part, too. I believe you've been in a raft. I may even believe you've seen sharks in person. I don't believe all three together in one And story. that you bopped it on the nose with the paddle. Well, that, yeah. Uh, stop it. That's just one, that's one bridge way too far. One. It's true. It's true. And, and did you believe the story about me catching that hammerhead that nope, time? Not one bit. <laughs> that, that a hammerhead? Not like a little sand shark, a hammerhead. See, I believe that maybe you've gone deep sea fishing. I kind of doubt it, but I certainly don't believe that you've hooked into a hammerhead. <laughs> I used to go deep sea fishing every, almost, well, probably two or three times a, a month. Fine, but you can't just catch a hammerhead. What on the on the fishing, without planning to? And on the fishing trawler that you <laughs> borrow three to four times a month. What are you talking about? The Dupont family lent oh, him the, their boat. The, the, right, go ahead and take <laughs> no, our yacht regular. out into the Gulf Stream. <laughs> See if we can come back with a hammerhead. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince you of anything, but I can promise you this. I have done nothing but tell you the truth. Is there anyone that can corroborate the shark story? Uh, Yeah, I probably find I'll, I'll make you a mine. deal. You get them on the air to corroborate. The, I'll never give you guff about the fake uh, forged Casey Kasem letter again. <laughs> was that forged? That that was all oh, true. I'm too. sorry. You're right. The non-existent Casey Kasem. And, and by the way, you're I've just, got it here. I got it here somewhere. <laughs> just I mean, wait for the possession. wait for the backpedaling on this shark thing because you're going to be like, oh, uh, Bobby Fishley, he was uh, lost at sea, <laughs> and then there was uh, there Captain. was we called him Captain. There was Frankie Tiger Shark. That was his nickname, and uh, you know what? He uh, he uh, let's see, met his uh, uh, Danny Orlando was yeah, there. Right, he was Lord. there, but he wasn't a very <laughs> strong swimmer, so I haven't seen him in a while. I'm telling you right now, when you spend as much time on the uh, on the open sea as I have, you're going to have these stories. But see, you got to live your life in order to have these experiences. And I'm sorry that you guys haven't had them. But- Ulysses Steven Sorensen, we called him USS. <laughs> All true. All true. I told you guys also about the time I caught that stingray. That thing was a big old manta. Not a manta, but it was a stingray. It was probably... Yay, three feet by three feet. Yay. Uh, what do you? How many uh, cubits was it? Were it, brother? <laughs> what kind of fiction are you going to regale no. us with tomorrow, Gordon? <laughs> no, what we're going to do is we're going to talk more about the NBA, and uh, this thing is shaping up. It's going to happen, so uh, folks can look forward to it. And you know, Donovan Mitchell, he's. A little bit concerned about his, uh, you know, his status with the injury and all, or the potential injury, potential for injury. But I, I think there's enough ramp up time to this that they'll be able to to go about their business in a in a way that will uh, will uh, would incur no more injuries than it would under the normal course of the season. Well, Gordon, you enjoy your evening, sir, and I will uh, talk to you on tomorrow. Bar she blows. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.